Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thanks for listening this Wednesday, May 26th, 2021. Topics on today's episode include Ginny May Records security issuance, my dad's interview with Dean Harrington on building company culture, and the latest housing metrics. I'd like to thank today's podcast sponsor, Shamrock Home Loans, recently named by the National Mortgage News, the number five best mortgage company to work for. Shamrock is expanding across the United States with the commitment to build the next generation of mortgage lenders. Shamrock's core purpose is driven by the belief that everyone deserves to live in a home they love. The aggressive underwriting and customer support culture brings about one of the highest retention rates among loan officers in the U.S. With access to the best technology tools and operational support, loan officers and branch managers can flexibly serve realtors, builders, and consumers. To experience how truly unique Shamrock is, visit the Shamrock Huddle. To learn more. Do you have a loan product that appeals to multi-generational borrowers or owners, or an easy way of processing one? You should. Due to the effects of the pandemic, the country has seen an uptick in the number of homes purchased for multi-generational households. Between April and June 2020, the demand increased 15%, according to the National Association of Realtors. Down payment programs are seeing record high demand. Are your MLOs well-versed in their attributes? Of course, there is money out there when it comes to creativity. Steward Information Services Corporation is buying CloudVerga. Snapdocs announced a $150 million Series D funding round at a more than $1.5 billion valuation, and Stabby announced that it has raised over $40 million in Series A funding. For the links to those stories, as well as the latest on career opportunities, products and services, and investor news, visit robchrisman.com. The vast majority of FHA and VA loans go into securities issued by the Government National Mortgage Association, commonly known as Ginnie Mae. I mention this because a recent press release covers Ginnie Mae's reporting of record April MBS issuance of $89 billion. Ginnie Servicing, which has never been known to age well, has seen its share of ups and downs in the last 14 months, but the volatility has quieted down despite the high percentages of FHA loans and forbearance. We switched things up for today's interview. I let my dad interview Shamrock Home Loans founder and current CEO, Dean Harrington. Dean has spent over four decades in the consumer finance industry, working on everything from account collections to loan approvals, and a little bit of everything in between. Under his leadership, Shamrock has grown from a small broker shop focused on direct marketing to a regional lender committed to the home purchase market through a strong network of referrals. So Dean, thank you for, uh, for joining me on the podcast today. I wanted to ask you a few questions, given that Shamrock has been expanding, 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 had a good uh, 2020, 2021 is off to a good start. And everybody talks about volume, everybody talks about margins, everyone talks about Fannie and Freddie and FHA and VA. And, and one of the things that I think is lost in the shuffle, lost in the metrics is culture. And I know that culture is very important at Shamrock, and I wanted to ask you how that came to be and what is it about culture that you think people tend to miss when they are looking at lenders out there? Well, first, uh, it's a privilege and an honor to be here. So thank you, Robbie. I have great respect for what you've accomplished, and uh, it's kind of a treat to be here. So thank you for that. you know, culture is kind of, I think it's often mischaracterized. Culture is your brand. 
our brand isn't an interest rate or a loan amount or anything like that. Our culture is really the people that you have. It really is the way you approach your hiring and your development of talent. And you don't really pick your core values. You kind of identify them. And so we, we started the first 17 years in the industry as a company, we only hired inside the industry when we hired underwriters. So we always have this kind of mentality of go out and get the best people we can that fit for what we want to do. And so we, we identified the core values of the most successful people in the company. This core values are kind of an answer to the question of what do we expect of one another? And our industry is difficult enough in that it's so market-driven and it's so um, contentious at times with interest rates and housing prices and housing availability. I mean, what happened to us all in 08, 07, 08, 09? I mean, the industry kind of just collapsed on itself. And who you had with you, you know, in, in that battle was was far more important than anything else. And so that kind of really set us in a motion of saying, give me enough talented people in the room and we'll compete. And talent is defined by your core values. And the core values are really an answer to what do we expect of one another? And that's really kind of how it all came together for us. So do you think that culture with a, a growing organization like Shamrock is a factor of from the top down or is it built from the bottom up? I have to tell you, I, I answer that question. I, I answer questions about core values and culture a lot, but no one's ever asked it that way. That's a really intuitive question. I think from the top, you set the parameters of what we expect of one another. But I think it's really from the bottom up that uh, it holds together and it holds together horizontally um, just as much as it holds together vertically. So for example, one of our core values is consistent daily demeanor because we think that that makes somebody approachable. It's hard to approach somebody that's different every day. And we want people to be approachable because for a number of different reasons. So I can set that template from the top, but everyone's going to have a consistent daily demeanor with me. But how about horizontally? How about amongst the processes, amongst the underwriters, amongst the sales staff, amongst the administrative staff? So I think it really um, requires a lot of horizontal administration to make sure that the core values are being upheld and, and, and flourishing. The industry is as everybody knows, was was turned upside down or pivoted or whatever you want to call it back in March of 2020 due to the pandemic. Suddenly, over the weekend or the next day, people were working from home. And basically, everybody who's been hired in the last 14 months uh, in growing organizations like Shamrock have been hired remotely or perhaps without meeting anybody within Shamrock. Do you have a problem with uh, maintaining your goals of a of good corporate culture when you hire people who uh, whom you haven't met and, and who may be an underwriter in Anchorage, Alaska or a doc drawer in Mexico City or whatever it might be? That's a great question. Um, obviously, that's been a challenge, I think, through all industry, right? We've got to hire in a time where we're not face-to-face. What does that look like? What does that sound like? So one of the things that we got really fortunate with is that a lot of our hiring in 20 was based on referrals and people that were suggesting somebody to come here. So we had a little bit of a leg up there in being able to determine that. But ultimately, you've got to do a really good job 
we, we want people that are hung, hum, hungry, humble, and smart. So when we are in the interview process, we're going to ask a question like, where did you show humility? And humility we define like uh, Lencioni does and being able to share credit and being able to seek forgiveness. So if you're in the interview process and you begin to ask those questions, give me an example of a time where you shared credit. Give me examples of a time where you needed to seek forgiveness in people. You're going to find out if they have humility. Um, if they stumble around that, we didn't hire them. If they had that characteristic down and presumably were hungry and they were smart, meaning that they, they were people smart. They knew how to get along with people and then blow up things. Um, if you do a good job with that in your interview process and you use multiple people in the company to approach that interview, you're going to be successful because people are going to out themselves. I had a really big hire that was facing us maybe four or five months ago. And when I asked about where is a time that you've asked for forgiveness or shared credit, it was an awful set of answers. <laughs> it was just, it was synthetic. It wasn't real. And I, I went back to the people that really wanted this person. I said, they're not going to fit. And they're just not going to fit. I'm telling you right now, they're not going to fit. So I think those are the answers that have helped us in our growth model is to just make sure that we, we have as much attachment to referral base as we can, and then make certain that our interview process really focuses as much on culture issues as skill issues. So, so when you ask somebody what their biggest defect is and they say, oh, I work too hard, that probably doesn't fly. <laughs> no, no, I don't think I've ever asked anybody that question. I, I kind of repurpose it and say, um, I start by, when your friends talk about you when you're not around, what are, what are the things that they would say positively about you when you get them in that swing? So they'd say I'm friendly and they'd say I really like sports and I, I like to work out and I'm reliable. I'll help them move when they want to move. I'll move furniture, whatever the case may be. And you say, you know, then you flip it to the other side of that. They'll use, keep digging hard enough. They'll usually out themselves in some area. We've all got some area, right? Oh, sure. Sure. Join us for part two of the interview tomorrow. Yesterday's economic data was a bit underwhelming, though it didn't cause any significant reaction in the market. The Fed conducted another massive reverse repurchase operation, with the day's take-up reaching $433 billion. Except for February's weather-driven slowdown, sales of single-family new homes in April were the slowest since last June. Still, the sales pace was about 26% higher than the 2019 average despite the squeeze of high costs for builders and high prices for buyers. We also saw some staggering growth in home prices. The S&P CoreLogic K-Shiller 20-City Composite Home Price Index increased 13.3% year-over-year in March, above expectations as both supply and builders dialing back production due to construction costs continue to be an issue. And per the FHFA House Price Index, House price growth over the prior year registered 12.6% in the first quarter on a year-over-year basis, more than twice the growth rate observed in the first quarter of 2020. Analysts believe that more existing homes should come on the market as the vaccines roll out continues and as homeowners come out of forbearance. Unfortunately for lenders, according to the National Association of Realtors, all cash bids now make up 25% of purchases. Today's economic calendar is incredibly light on data. Mortgage applications decreased 4.2% from one week earlier last week as mortgage rates increased to 3.18%, according to data from the Mortgage Bankers Association's weekly mortgage application survey for the week ending May 21st. Later today brings remarks from Fed Vice Chair for Supervision Corals and results from a $61 billion five-year Treasury note auction. 
Fed support today is tied for the smallest on this schedule, with the desk scheduled to purchase $4.5 billion of conventionals across UMBS 30s and UMBS 15s. We begin hump day with agency MBS prices roughly unchanged, as is the 10-year, at a 1.56% yield. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Getting old is tough. I may not be that funny or athletic or good-looking or smart or talented. I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> if you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.